Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike Cole here with Life of a Fighter. And we got this special audio podcast with Pascal the German Schroth for the Muay Thai guy and Knock Muay Nation. And this is in junction with our written Q&A that I broke down with Pascal and I figured why not get some audio going with it as well because he's got a great story and even though uh, he may not have fluent English, he's got better uh, better uh, English than I have German or Thai so we decided to do this one again in English and um, he's a little you know weary of ah oh, my English isn't that good but you guys can understand what he's talking about and uh, I hope you guys enjoy again any uh, questions you guys have or comments concerns anything like that you can reach out to me at the life of a fighter on Instagram at life of a fighter on Twitter Pascal his website is pascalschroth.com that's p a s c a l s c h R-O-T-H dot com. And then I'll put the link for his all of his social media and all that fun stuff in the article. Um, we're going to have great videos, a bunch of images. He's got an uh, awesome clothing line and just great information. So check out his website. Check out more. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. And if you want to see more or you have any other topics covered, let me know and I'd be glad to cover it. You have a great story. All right. Well, that's the first thing I want to start with is not only how you got started in Germany, but the sacrifices you had to make. So talk about, I think the craziest thing is you came to Thailand, but you know, with barely any money and you weren't really sure what you were going to do. So what was that like? Talk to me about saying, you know what? I got 300 euros. I'm in Thailand. Here we go. It's all or nothing. Yeah. I just lived day by day. You know, I just never expected I would one day actually live in Thailand and, and be all professional and stuff. When I came to Thailand, I had a couple of professional fights already, but I think I came to Thailand with 20 fights, you know, and now in three years, I'm almost 60, you know, so I did like 40 fights, you know, quite a lot. <laughs> Which is a crazy uh, amount at your age, because you're only 24. That's yeah. yeah that's, that's another thing. Right? Yeah. I, I, had, I had to learn, I thought kickboxing and Muay Thai, they they quite quite the same, but uh, quickly I had to notice it, it's not the same, not at all, you know, so so I had to, my first few fights here in Thailand, Muay Thai rules, I either won by knockout with my boxing, or I lost by points because they kicked, they kicked my arms, you know, and the kickboxing blocks and the Muay Thai blocks, they are not the same, so they, they don't, uh, they don't, the judges, they don't score block with the arms, you know, then if you just block with the leg, it's a block, if you block with the arms, it's, it's a point for them. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so let's also look at, 
again, there's this idea of Dutch kickboxing, and then there's an idea of Muay Thai. And like you said, once you got here, you had to kind of take what you knew from your your kickboxing training and mold that into Muay Thai, and now create this style of Dutch uh, Thai or Dutch Muay Thai. Talk to me a little bit of what what does that mean to you when you're talking about Dutch Muay Thai and Dutch Thai style? Yes, that's true. So after after a while, I created my own style called Dutch Muay Thai. So I, I broke my hands a couple of my, my right hand a couple of years ago and have chronic pain since then. And I have noticed, you know, that uh, for example some white tight techniques are really effective also in the K one fight. And also the opposite, many white tight techniques are really effective in the in the in the K one fight. So what I did basically I, I just took the the my favorite weapons from white tie and from kickboxing and just put them together into one style. Uh, especially now with the Muay Thai, I like to throw elbows a lot. They are really effective. You have, you have a little risk to injure yourself. So, yeah, I when I fight, I use a lot of elbows and knees, uh, and of course the, the Dutch hands a lot of boxing. <laughs> Lots of knockouts. <laughs> Lots of knockouts. Hopefully more. 2018 coming now. <laughs> so, and that's something I want to talk about too, because I asked you the question of if you could give advice to fighters, what would you give? And something I noticed about you right away is first off, anyone that's trained with you will say this. And obviously a lot of listeners are going to hear this and obviously not have trained with you. If they want to change that, hit up Phuket uh, top team and, and get your training in with Pascal. But um, you have this mentality and this approach where it's like you're playing. And I don't mean you take it as a joke. I mean, you're so comfortable. It's like you're fucking walking down the road and there's not really a whole lot of stress. Is that something that you were always able to have? Or is it because you were mentally tough from the beginning that you just got more and more comfortable with it? Yeah, it's 50 50. You know, I got really mentally strong, you know, especially through the shit I've been through when I came here to Thailand. But I just flew to China without knowing anybody. I had a. I had a surgery on my leg. I had some stuff infection, and I, I basically took the taxi from the from the from the hospital to the airport and flew to China with some coach. I I don't even know. They said to me, "There's one guy waiting at the airport for you." So I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." So I went to the airport and stuff. <laughs> just just went with a random guy to some place I don't know. And from a 70 kilo fight, it became a 75 kilo fight. And the guy I fought, he all of a sudden fought Puaka before you know and stuff like that. So. All the shit what have happened, you know, makes you mentally really strong. But also one of my earliest earliest coaches I had when I started to fight, there was one guy called Dennis, it's actually a big friend of mine and he said to me when, when I was younger, he said to me, When when you go to fight, you you many people they, they connect the word fight with so much negativity, you know. And uh, if you if you're going to fight you should you should be happy and excited about it. You should be should be proud of getting the opportunity to show the people what, what you can do, you know. And he, he said always to me when, when I used to fight, he always said to me, Pascal, go and have fun, enjoy the show. And it, I don't know, it kind of triggered my mind, you know. And, and uh, when I teach my K1 class, for example, or to my students, I always I teach the same, you know. It, it really helped me a lot. When you go into, into the ring, you feel like you are kind of like isolated, you know. Everything around you is just frozen. But when you when you open your mind and you open your heart and you start to enjoy all the people screaming your name, all the all the attention, all all, all this kind of stuff, it makes a huge difference. And you are there and you are awake and you can breathe. You know, it makes it makes you a completely different fighter when you suddenly stand in front of the other guy and instead of looking all mad and shit, you know, you can just smile at him like, okay, come on, let's rock. You know, that's why we are here. 
So I, I would say that it's one of the most important things for, for fighters, you know, that they should not put too much pressure on themselves when they fight. A hundred percent. And one thing that, that you've talked to me about in the past is I, and even when we're just hanging out, you can just flow. And when I talk about flow, I mean, you don't have to think about, oh, well, I have to do this technique. I got to throw jab, jab, cross, high kick, knee. You, you could literally, I would put cash money, anyone in the world. I could put a clock on for an hour and you could kickbox for that full hour and you wouldn't have to stop and think about what technique you're throwing. You just flow. It's just moving. It's just going. There's infinite amount of techniques that you could kind of put together. And again, that's a question of, is that something you always had? Or is that something once you had that mentality of have fun, it allowed you to do that? Of course, if, you, if your mind is open and you start to enjoy all the stuff, you know, you get more creativity, you know, and you start to experiment, and from the from the experiment, you get results, you know, you see, okay, this shit works this time, you know, you, you, you keep trying. So, but when I started, of course, I was like, most of the beginners on, on the back was one, two, hook, oh, okay, low kick, what I'm going to do next, you know, but after... After a time, it's all repetition and all combinations you go through is nothing else than just single act, act, uh, actions putting together, you know. It's like a big piece of puzzle. Yeah, you have all the small pieces from puzzles and you just put them together randomly like you want. If they work or not, it's up to you and you have to try it. So, with all the... Uh-oh, I think we... Ah, oh, there it is. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I don't think anything since my... Like, the last nine years, I don't do anything else than just fight. So it's it feels natural, you know. It's like dancing. <laughs> yeah, a hundred. I mean, that made sense to me, and obviously, that's something I try and like do even myself as a fighter. And that's something I tell the fighters out there that are listening: get more and more comfortable, put the time in, create that mentality. Because I see it when you're sparring, and I felt it when you're sparring. You know, there's no lapses in time where I feel you thinking you're just kicking my ass and it's a fluid movement. And that's what I think gets so frustrating is there's no real windows there of like, oh, okay, he's thinking, let's get him real quick or let's jump on that uh, attack. But now I no, want to... Start... No, go for if it. If you start thinking in, 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 in sparring or in fight or whatever, if you start thinking, you're just wasting your time, you know? And this time when you, when you stand there, you have your hands up and you start thinking, the other guy in front of you, he doesn't care, he just start punching you. There's no way for you, you, you just can't think, you just have to react. It's all about action and reaction. He throws something at, at you and it's up to you what you're going to do with it. You either block it, you try to avoid it, or you even try to counter it. Uh, and from, from, from one counter, you're going to add on one knee, maybe two more hands, maybe one more kick. Uh, maybe he's going to come back straight away to you. You have to react again. That's all back and forward, back and forward, action and reaction. Bingo. So if you have to have to spend first two minutes, you know, like, oh, with what I'm going to attack him now, okay, maybe one, two, left kick, and you start one, two, and the guy suddenly hits you back, then all your, your plan was ruined, you know, and all your thoughts were for nothing, and you just wasted time, and you got punched in the face as well. So it's a lose-lose, <laughs> exactly. So uh, you've, all right, when, when did you first come to Thailand? Was it 2014, 2015, 13? Oh, uh, yeah, it was... No, no, now it's 2018. I came to 2015. Okay, so 2014. So 2014, 2015. That's our time frame of you get to Thailand, and that's from from then till now. That's a really short amount of time, honestly, if you think about it. And you know, one thing I really like talking about with you when I was even there was think about the last 12 months. First off, you've been crazy busy, honestly. In the last, even when I first got there in June. You've been constantly fighting and 
between the the K1 Grand Prix in Germany, that started off. Then you win King's Cup, which is the biggest, you know, Thailand tournament, right? And, and foreigners never really win, right? And you're the first German fighter to win that tournament, which is huge. And then... King's Cup was just insane. And then on top of that, you're riding that wave of momentum. And then... Now comes um, a quarterfinal fight, I think, was in September. When was the, the uh, quarterfinal fight? Was it August or September? Uh, the, the, the quarterfinals for, 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 oh, um, for the K1? For, not for K1, before Glory. What was the fight before that? Ah, uh, Top King. Top, top King, King. sorry. I, the first, the first guy talking, I knocked out in 15 seconds my, my personal record with the right elbow. Elbow! Boom! Elbow, what's up, elbow? What's up, elbow? So, just, just from that alone, okay, so we have, you fight, win, quick knockout, then, boom, comes up glory, you make your glory debut, you win on a big stage in China, and then to follow that up, the biggest, obviously, you can tell me more about this, but I think it's the, the biggest combination of wins, is then you get your Muay Thai world title, the WKU, in Germany, in front of your family, in front of your friends, and you made a promise to Oma and Opa, yeah. right? So tell me about the promise that yeah, you made and the story kind of behind that, because that's awesome. Yeah. So when I when I started to to to, to train kickboxing and Muay Thai, I had the support, of course, from 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 my, from my family, and uh, and uh, yeah, I promised my grandparents. I said to them, "Listen, one day I I will become a world champion." You know, they were like, "Oh, okay, you keep it slowly, you keep world champion and, and stuff." Yeah, so I just kept kept doing my thing, and uh, I kept fighting. And I think 2013, I think I became Euro- European champion first in Netherlands. And uh, yeah, there already everybody was excited and happy, you know, and, and proud and stuff. But my my grandmother and my grandfather like still not satisfied, you know. They said, ah, oh, that's not a world champion title. Kind of, kind you know, kind kind of teasing a little bit. And I told them, I said, listen, like I'm, I'm, I'm being really honest for you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bring that belt on just for you guys to prove, you know, that that, that my words are, are true. And uh, yeah, anyway, like uh, in November 2017, now last last November, I got the opportunity to fight the third for the world champion title. And uh, all my my family and friends, they drove more than 800 kilometers from the north to the south to 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 witness what what's gonna what's gonna happen, be a part of the the fight. And, yeah, uh, luckily I was I was able to finish uh, the Swedish guy uh, Adolf Ekbal Alila in the second round with a spinning elbow, and uh, yeah, right on the jaw he fall he fall asleep and people start screaming, and uh, yeah, then when the guy gave me the microphone, the the ring announcer, I I made the word now that this fight was just for my grandparents, you know, that I kept my promise. And of course, then everybody started a little bit of crying, it was a little bit sentimental <laughs> and happy and stuff, you know. But it was it, it was awesome, you know. And my my grandparents they they are they are really really proud. And for me personally, it was really important to to give them that fight. You know, there was no other reason for me to take this fight just to just to give them like confirmation that all the years they believed in me, it's for a reason. You know, I'm not doing just some some holiday or something. I'm I'm, I'm training hard every day. You know, and I. I this is the result of it. I, I wanted to show everyone. 
A hundred percent. So like that's straight up out of a movie and that's what I thought was so amazing. And I got to just share with the audience real quick is maybe it was October. It could, it was either September, or October. We were talking one day and you called it before the fight ever happened. It was like a month out, maybe six weeks out. You were like, I'm, I'm telling you, Mike, I'm feeling elbows. I'm gonna knock this dude out with an elbow. And not only did you knock him out with an elbow, it was a spinning elbow and it was just like you couldn't plan it any better like that's something that again going back to your style of you're not going to say i'm going to force this technique that just happened it was the situation the combo the the i forgot if it was a knee or a push kick or a hook and then just you found the right place and it boom right spinning elbow well it's just you, you know the funny part of from it when we when we had the rules made for the fight obviously we were the main event and stuff so we were sitting all together with the judges and the, the referee, and they said they won't allow a spinning elbow or spinning back. Because of course, there was like a serious injury a couple of years ago, one, one, one guy. And uh, yeah, it was back and forward, back and forward, you know, low, down the low, low, down the low. In the end, they said they're going to allow the spinning elbow or spinning back, just because if they wouldn't, they would ruin the whole fight. And uh, I was just sitting in my chair, and I just said loudly in front of everyone, you know, guys, like, actually, I don't even care. I never throw spinning elbows anyway, you know, and everybody's like, ah, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I won by spinning elbow okay, so luckily they, they allowed it before. <laughs> You're like, ah, just kidding. I was just playing possum here to just trick everybody, but... Yeah. Again, I, I think that just goes back to your style. You have the opportunity to just take advantage of what's in front of you. And again, you're 24, man. You're so young. You're not even like – you're in a – like in my opinion, again, I've had the fortunate opportunity to work with you. I think you're one of the best fighters, if not the best fighter, obviously not only in your division but in the sport. And you, what's scary to me is the next 10 years – are where you're going to continuously get better and display your skills. And in, in the written questions I asked you, is there anyone that maybe, you know, you really look forward to fighting and you have the best answer was anyone that's ranked higher than you. So you don't give a fuck about who it is, what it is. You, you're ju- you just want to fight and you just want to fight the best. Listen, you know, like, it, it's like, for example, like, I don't want to be, I don't, don't want to be judgmental or have some prejudices, you know, but if I see some MMA guys, for example, that have 5-0 and zero or 7-0 and zero and they are hyped like superstars, you know, then you look at the people who, who they actually fought with, you know, and they were like, ah, uh, zero fights, you know, or two losses, you know, or shit like this. Bro, everybody, like... You know, it's it's not difficult to be like a lower ranked person than you. You know, if you if you want to grow in the sports, you have to you have to fuck with the big sharks. You know, like uh-huh. if you want to get big, you have to fight big guys. It's you 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 can't you you can't grow if you if you always fight lower people lower ranked people than you with a lower skill set or whatever. So yeah, whatever. Who who's gonna be in my way? I'm gonna try to put the stone away. I'm gonna make my thing and all the way to the top. That's it, man. And that's why I'm excited to see the next year now for 2018. It's an even bigger year, whether it's Glory, whether it's Top King, where any promotion, there's going to be a display of just (laughs) viciousness and and almost a beauty to the style too. But what's interesting about you is you're not just a fighter. You also coach. And A, at a young age, you have the opportunity to gain respect of fighters across the world in Thailand, whether it's the Chris Cyborgs of the world, whether it's any MMA fighter, striker, or anyone in between that's coming out to Thailand and Phuket top team to train, what's that like? Is it something that comes natural to you to coach, or is that something you've worked on? Because, again, I think you're just as good of a coach as you are a fighter, which is rare to find. 
Thank you. So, like, I I used to teach a lot already back in Germany, you know, when, when I just started my career. But I, I just started to teach Shinrins, you know. Later on, we add some self-defense course for women and stuff. And, yeah, after a while, I, I kind of, like, I just took over, like, all the classes, you know. doesn't matter boxing, kickboxing, and Muay Thai. So I, I used to teach a lot, you know, and also we went to schools and we had like a cooperation with the schools. We taught the teenagers about self-confidence and stuff, you know. And uh, yeah, being being here coaching Pukitokin is an opportunity what I what I what I really appreciate and I really really like my position in there. It's it's insane. I work with names like you said already, like Chris Cyborg or Tiago Tavares and Thomas Almeida, like all all big UFC guys, you know. We have people from all over the world fighting for the biggest shows in the world and to get their respect for me personally it's like a com- confirmation that the things I'm doing is, is, is right is correct you know and if people like uh, like th- in this case for example they're hiring than me and if they show me their respect it's just a confirmation for me that I do something right and I just have to continue my journey to 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 break through the ice you know and go on the top as well so bingo I feel, I feel really good getting getting respected by everyone but I also think you know doesn't matter if you're higher rank or lower rank or whatever, you know, you should respect any anyone in the world, you know, and everybody's just human. Same same when it comes to virus, you know, I have the same respect for UFC world champion and I have the same respect for a guy who's a plumper, you know. It's 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 just human. We are all humans. A hundred percent. So a, I, we've covered a lot of stuff, and I can stay on the phone with you. We could we could talk about a whole bunch of things, but a, I know you got training to get into in a little bit, and um, I want to kind of give the people wanting more. I always want to leave the audience wanting more because we could go into more stuff, but then why are they gonna come back, man? So we got to leave them with some more things. But I want to give you the stage a little bit to a, if you got any shout outs, if there's anything you want to kind of leave the audience with any requ- not even request but anything that you want to kind of just give them as a message yeah i would say most importantly what helped me through all my career is, is self-belief you know i believed in myself even when nobody else did and i i just really recommend to to every individual out there you know that also like everybody's going through some hard time once in a while and and the most important thing, if you keep believing in yourself, if you keep hunting your dreams, it will all be, all be pay off, you know? Bingo. Beautiful, Pascal. And just real quick, what I want to kind of mention and give a quick plug for you, because not only are you a fighter, a coach, but you're a business owner and an entrepreneur as well. And we gotta we gotta plug the website. So give the website, give your social media. You got TG, the German sportswear, fightwear. Uh, tons of stuff going on. Talk about that real quick, and that's what we'll kind of like finish yeah, it with. Yeah, I started my own brand. It's TG Sports and Streetwear. You know, we focus a little bit on making it a casual wear, what you can wear to casual occasions. You know, but also sports like uh, sportswear, training t-shirts, team t-shirts, capis, handbags, all that kind of stuff. Just the beginning now. Two thousand eighteen, we have some varsity jacket, uh, jackets, some hoodies, caps, and. All that kind of stuff. Next year we're gonna add on some some gloves, pads, you know, all the kind. And uh, yeah, just doing doing everyday stuff and <laughs> trying to get better, you know. That's it. And the website is gonna be pascalschrot.com. I'll put the link in the article for you guys so you can just click on it so you don't have to worry about spelling it or any of that fun stuff and i'll plug your social media we'll put that in there you can follow the journey you do a really good job of posting pretty much daily about what's going on in your life 
what are you doing? What are you training? Drinking smoothies, shakes, life. It's it's awesome. So keep that going. And um, anything to leave the people with, or what's going on? What's our last message of the day? Our last message. I don't know if there are any inquiries. You know, any any more questions? You know, any business opportunities or whatever you have in in, in your mind. You know, the the people can feel free to contact us. And uh, yeah. It was a lot of fun to do the interview, and I'm looking forward to do another one. <laughs> yeah, Pascal. I appreciate the time, dude. I mean, I like just talking to you just the BS in general, but I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to uh, answer some questions. And I know the Muay Thai guy audience, the Nakmoy Nation, is really going to enjoy this one. Life of a Fighter audience is going to enjoy it, and we'll definitely have to get you on for more. And that is it, guys. Enjoy. Check them out. Follow Pascal the German. This is just the beginning of his takeover. So you, you're jumping on at the right time. Right. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free and that is it y'all. See you on the next one.